And welcome to Absolute Clarity, your number one travel management podcast brought to you by Clarity, your business travel experts. I'm your host, Kyle Daniels, and today, scheduling's a little bit off, so you may have noticed that last week we put out an episode all around Macmillan. You would have been expecting in a couple of weeks for us to come out of another one, but we've got some big news to share from Clarity. So I've invited on Clarity CEO, Pat McDonough. Morning. And we've also got Rob Slauson. So you'll be ex-Thomas Cook Sports. Correct. Morning. Yeah. So we are actually going to get into that now. So Pat, you're going to tell us why we're here today. Yeah, what's happened. So we're launching today our brand new sports division. So uh, you'll be aware that we've been involved in sports business travel for quite a long time. We've worked uh, over the years with Thomas Cook Sport in partnership. So Thomas Cook Sport have always been great at the team travel, team logistics stuff. It's a really specialist area. Really pleased to say that uh, Rob joins us as director of sports travel. And, uh, and we have a, a whole new division and, uh, and lots of exciting news around what we're going to do with team travel moving forward. So really big news for us and delighted to have Rob here. Yeah, no, pleasure for me to be here. Yeah, good uh, promotion. Ad. Yeah. Literally from I've not got a job to director of sports, that's a pretty... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Pat knows any, I'm not, not title driven, but it's, it's, I guess, first and foremost, just great to be here after what's been a, a complicated and, and bonkers two weeks. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have a new home very, very quickly. So we are going to get into that because what I want to do is get the lead up to what's happened because again, it's still massive news out there. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of people at Thomas Cook Sports who aren't set yet, uh, but I know sure. that a lot of people in the industry are working hard to do that. And I think mm-hmm. we were just at the Manchester airport uh, jobs fair, yeah. meeting loads of people there. And it seemed that a lot of companies were doing the same as well. So hopefully those other kind of members of Thomas Cook family can get sorted out soon. Uh, so let's take it all the way back then. So Rob, for you, I mean, when did you first start noticing that there were kind of troubles to this degree? Yeah, I think anyone who's around travel knows that Thomas Cook, I guess for the last decade has been kind of up and down in terms of performance and, and on the edge to a certain extent. I think you go back to 2011, 12, it was close to collapse then and, and it, it saved itself. And I think... It's, it's always been a tricky commercial balance for Thomas Cook. Not not so much Thomas Cook Sport, but Thomas Cook as a group. So I think, to be honest, even up until three weeks ago, it was, it was business as usual. You know, there was no panic measures. There was, there was no over-obvious panic amongst any of the senior kind of execs within the, the UK division or within the group. So it, it sounds daft, really, but it was business as usual up until about two weeks ago. When was the first inclination then that this wasn't going to end well for for Thomas Cook, when did that first kind of come about? Yeah, I think seriously, it probably started ramping up to the back end of the week before the 23rd, so kind of Thursday, Friday. And a lot of it is, is what we were seeing from the media anyway. I think you know the, the media speculation is always was always big around Thomas Cook anyway, you know, big brand that the media kind of went after. But it, it kind of got serious, I think, that Thursday, Friday. And that wasn't so much inclination coming from within the business. It was more around the noise externally around Thomas Cook. And I think... That was the first time, really, that, that people started to sit up and think, hang on a minute, this weekend could be you know, make or break here. And, and it was literally the back end of that week. Prior to that, it was very much business as usual. We were carrying on. You know, we'd got a lot of good forward planning that we were doing, a lot of good conversations happening. And it, it was just as we got to that weekend that it, it, it all kind of turned a bit. So were you getting nothing from on high from the head office, no emails that were coming in saying, listen, you're seeing stuff in the media, 
this is actually what's going on or to kind of put your minds at rest, nothing like that. Yeah, I think in any big organisation, when, when something like this happens, the, the stock message is it's business as usual anyway. And you've got to trust that to a certain extent. I think even internally, historically, when we've gone through you know, potential crises, there are certain messages that come out to certain levels of, you know, there could be something happening here. But, but in this case, it was very much business as usual. You know, there's a really positive deal to be done here with Folsom. If this comes off, it's game-changing. And game-changing was, was the word that, that Peter Fankhauser was using. Open emails, you know, to the staff. This could be a huge deal. And that was still in the week leading up to, to what happened prior to the 23rd. And I think, you know, the margins from the outside appeared to be very fine between it going one way or, or another. And I was at Cook's in 2011 when it had a very, very close shave. It was probably about 48 hours from going under at that point, and uh, it's been talked about over this last week or so. Um, so you kind of felt like, you know, this could be a big turning point uh, as much as it, it, it could be a failure. And, um, you know, you, you always want the, the best to happen. So I had a conversation with Rob late the week before to say, what do you think? How, how do you feel it's going? And both very much hoping things continued because we had such a good working relationship. So I wouldn't say it was a massive shock when it happened, but I definitely felt like, you know, from the outside looking in, there was a, a fair chance it could go one way or the other, really. Is it that, I suppose, from being there in 2011, was that feeling of helplessness from your side that you were sat here in a position watching all this unfold and not being able to do anything? I'd imagine most people felt like that because in the end, the, the conversations were very much between the executive team and, and the banks and there isn't much you can do. When it ends up in the public domain like that, it starts to affect forward booking confidence and actually it becomes kind of self-fulfilling because it was a cash crisis. If people stop buying from Thomas Cook, then then the cash dries up even further. So that, that was the very real challenge. And, you know, we we were keen that that didn't happen. We didn't want it to. We wanted to keep that strong relationship we had. The Thomas Cook sport business was a profitable division of the business within its own right. It, it, it did great work, had great people in it. And, uh, and we, you know, we really thought that should continue. And that must be hard for you, Rob, as the Thomas Cook Sport brand itself being so popular and being so profitable. Essentially, it's not your influence that's yeah. done any of this. <coughs> is that harder to take when it's like you guys 100%. were doing so well and your team were doing amazing work? 100%. I mean, I said earlier, we, we were having some fantastic conversations two weeks ago about where do we take the business. You know, we were excited about the potential Chinese investment. We'd done some amazing work out in China with you know, a couple of our partner clubs, Man United being a great example, where we'd done an exclusive deal out there. There was a lot of interest in sports travel from the Chinese. So the Folsom piece for us was exciting. Thomas Cook Sport was was really exciting. I think it's important to mention that there's a couple of other business units within Thomas Cook, the UK airline being one, that were also really successful in their own right. Yeah. And and to be caught up in the wider the wider colours, it were, is 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 heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. You know, some of the guys there have, have been at sport since its inception in 2003. I've been there for 12 years. You know, we, we'd put our hearts into this. It wasn't work for us. It was you know, almost a vocation. It was such an exciting business to be part of. And literally, from it to be going having conversations around where we invest in next, what, you know, what, what sport or tournament are we getting involved in next, to walking in on a Monday morning for it literally all to be over was, was heartbreaking and... You know, I'll be no different to any of the other guys. We've we, we probably not even processed yet what has actually taken place in the last couple of weeks. It's just been, it's been crazy. 
slightly controversial question, but there's a lot of comments going around that this is 100% Brexit. This is the result of the uncertainty, Brexit that's going on. Would you say that's the case or is it just something that has been kind of coming for a long, long time? It's, it's easy to blame Brexit for anything, yeah, pretty much. But um, but I think the challenges have been had, had been long sown. And Peter Fankhauser said himself that actually there was a massive debt burden that they had to deal with. Um, that wasn't created in the last three years. It was created over a longer period of time. So... You could say it might have, you know, consumer confidence and Brexit might have pushed it over the edge, but there are plenty of other businesses that haven't been. It's not even potentially what people have done in the last three to four years. It's what's happened over a longer period of time with some, maybe some poorly judged uh, acquisitions or joint ventures. But actually, you know, it's happened. And the main thing for the team to do now is to say, right, okay, so what do we do? And that's where conversations went around Sunday afternoon, really, what... If the worst happens, what does Rob and his team do? And and that's when we started so let's to get talk. Into that. So when did you and Rob first speak? So in at the stage when you thought, right, this is gonna go down yeah. the way it's gonna go. Who initiated that conversation? I think we've always kind of said we we would want to work together more closely in the future, potentially. So it was always kind of there. Yeah. Probably like the week before I said to Rob, you know, just keep in touch. Yeah. Let me know what goes on. So and I mean, it's from obviously you guys are friends. I don't mean it as a picking the bones exercise. I mean, it as you guys are clearly friends. Oh, yeah, but you know, the, 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 the links the two businesses have are quite deep and it, it's at various different levels within the business. And there's, there's a huge respect for what, she, what each business did. Um, we've been out in one business together. Um, we, you know, we're impressed by what each other has to say when we're winning business and when we're operating business. So, those ties were there. So it felt very, very natural to have a conversation about what do we do if the worst happens because because clarity was potentially at the you know the right place for these guys to come. So was that Sunday night, that conversation takes place on Sunday night, you guys get in touch and talk about because it actually did happen over the weekend, didn't it? That yeah. was when the news broke. Yeah, I think that the conversation on the Sunday was just I guess two two friends, two business friends just having a conversation around our big business that we both had, you know, vested interests in. I think, you know, it's not as if Pat and the Clarity guys have, have just jumped on this as an opportunity. Mm. Certainly me and my staff have been talking and working with the guys here at Clarity for a number of years, so it was yeah. just, you know, it, it was a, an obvious conversation to have. You know, I, I guess on, on Pat's part there, Pat's clearly concerned about what was going to happen, and he knew that, that we were sat on and operating a fantastic business, with some really clear and obvious synergies between Thomas Cook Sport and Clarity. So I think, you know, as much as it was a, a conversation on a Sunday afternoon that we probably normally wouldn't have, it was a, an obvious conversation to have. And it was quite an easy, comfortable conversation around, look, you know, something negative might happen here, but between us, we can we can probably salvage something based on, on the work we've done together previously anyway. So Monday morning hits, the news is out there for everybody. We're shooting a podcast on that day, and then you come over and we clear the decks, essentially clear a room out to mm. actually get yeah. all the Thomas Cook Sports guys into a room. And I suppose at that point, nothing's been sad. You're just getting together. Well, no, what we, what we did first of all was we obviously we woke up to the news. I put most of the team I needed here on standby to say, we're going to have to move very quickly, but we're hoping that we're going we're gonna to be able to recruit the team travel team. And we need to make sure that we're ready to support that team 
in creating a business within the space of a week, possibly even less than that. So, so no pressure people, for your team. No pressure at all. <laughs> yeah. um, you all had a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, let's do something about this now. I think probably the speed at which we moved at first has really helped make sure this happens because you're recruiting people, taking on a great team of professionals, but at that stage, you don't have any clients. So we had to get the people in, we had to get people operating, we had to get them communicating with the potential clients to say, right, we know you've got a problem, we know that your team travel is potentially in jeopardy over the next few weeks, um, we're ready to roll, we're operational, and the team is the same team you've dealt with in the past, just working in a different environment. And actually, a lot of the time, the clients also knew clarity. So, yeah, we had to move quick, but... It was very much about getting Rob and the team in. So Monday afternoon, uh, Rob came over with, with a couple of his guys and we, we talked about the concept and how we would go about it for the rest of the week. From your side of things, Rob, when you're going in there, do you know all this is happening at that stage? Do you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable that things are moving along or is it still quite a nerve-wracking day for you? No, I guess, you know, like everyone else, none of us slept that Sunday night and... You know, I, I was called on to a call six o'clock Monday morning where Peter Fankhauser had made it obvious what had gone on and, and, and something would happen that morning in terms of everybody's futures, I guess. And, and you know, we, we went into the office. Everyone was in there fairly early, to be fair, knowing something bad was going to happen, I guess. So, you know, you get into the office and anyone who's been through liquidation before will, will know it's it's brutal and it's it's not a nice process. But, you know, within, within the space of an hour, everyone's made redundant effectively. You're given your, your information, your, your notices, leave laptops on your desk, phones, uh, get out of the building, literally. So, you know, it, it was, without underplaying it, it was a, a fairly brutal experience. And it was a case of notepad in hand. Uh, a couple of key guys came over and, and as Pat said there, we kind of set up a war room over here at the Clarity offices, which are now our offices. And the next couple of days was about trying to stabilise everything that we'd worked hard for for the previous 15 years. And I think from a human side, credit to, to Pat and what he laid on for us, you know, this was this could have gone wrong to a certain extent. You know, all the guys might have, have wanted to go off and do their own thing, but Pat created a home for us very quickly. Everybody was made to feel welcome, very comfortable, part of the team within minutes of walking through the door. And, and that helped us and my guys to to set up our plans and, and literally work non-stop for the next two or three days to, to stabilise everything, reassure all our partners and start working fairly seamlessly as, as part of the Clarity team. So what's the initial reaction when you went to those partners that you'd worked with and had this conversation about Clarity? What was the initial reaction there? I think the initial reaction was, uh, again, on a human level, we're glad you guys are, are safe. And, you know, you, clearly everyone went through a fairly traumatic experience to, to be able to kind of speak to partners within hours and say look you know we've actually got a plan in place here and it's it's you know it's not a desperation play it's actually quite a sound sensible plan for us as individuals but the partner clubs as well so I think you know it, it, there's a lot of goodwill there for Thomas Cook Sport my guys and, and, and what they've done in the industry so the fact that we could turn something around very quickly was positive for the individuals involved but positive for the partner clubs as well that we could almost carry on business as usual without any interruption at all, really. I suppose your reputation's still intact because, like I say, it's a profitable mm. business, it's doing well. You guys, and a lot of Thomas Cup really, have done nothing wrong in that sense. 100%. Always provided great quality service to the customers. Yeah. It's just unfortunate this has happened 
Yeah, and the reputation was really clear because I, I, I knew it. I you know, knew it myself. I knew how good Rob and the team were. But when you start then having conversations with potential clients and they're saying, this is fantastic, what a great team of professionals. You, you've got a great team there. And yes, I'm going to get behind it and I'm, I'm going to give you my business. Um, was That was really great to hear. Um, and it was emphatic as well. It was pretty much everybody that we spoke to was was just delighted that we were taking this team on because they didn't want to work with anybody else. Did you think that was going to be a harder sell? Do you think that that was a stage like that's happening? That's probably a stage when they could probably think to themselves, right, well, let's look at our options. Let's look at what else is out there. The fact that they didn't want to do that. Uh, Yeah. you You know, we thought it might be because we're saying, you know, is it believable that you can set something up in a couple of days at times we kind of look back on it and can't believe it ourselves because there was a lot of work involved in that. 17 people coming into the business, being offered employment, signing contracts, um, getting equipment. Um, by Wednesday, they were all signed up with equipment and ready to roll. Um, Our IT department's going to be dining out on that for years to come. Oh, no, I know. I've never seen an IT department move so quickly. It was, uh, it's stunning. And you're right, they will down out on it um, from this point onwards but and the HR team as well were, were, were amazing in making that happen but that comes because these guys really wanted these guys over here when, when, we, when we told people what we were doing they were excited by the prospect they wanted to support it they knew a lot of the guys as well so wanted to support them and, uh, and that made it easy and yeah a lot of the clubs that we're now operating for had approaches from everybody they're all over them. I imagine like Monday, Tuesday, that was like competitors were just... Yeah, well, not even just Monday, yeah. Tuesday. I think Thursday, Friday, the week before and probably all weekend. And, uh, yeah, and that's fine. But then if you're telling somebody you're going to step in and, and sort their plans out and, and they can't tell you who's going to be doing it, that's the challenge. And that was the difference here. We recruited the people... And the whole team came came across. The whole of that team travel function. That's amazing, though. Came the fact across. That everybody bought into the dream. Yeah, and, and wanted to do it. That was important for us because it's yeah. As much as it's about the individuals, it's about the collective team and the knowledge that sits in that team and the contacts and and the the respect within the the sporting world. I guess that that sits in that team is it sends out a really strong message. I think a about us as individuals and what we'd created over at Thomas Cook Sport, but also about. Pat and the guys over at Clarity that we still want to be together. We we, we want to drive this and but in our new surroundings with with new support. And to be fair, we were laughing there about the IT stuff. Better support than we were getting yeah. over at, at Cooks. Hundred percent. It's it's really really exciting. But we've had to move at breakneck pace. Credit to to Pat and the guys over here. The way we've been able to set up and and keep that consistency and continuity with the teams is is all part of why. You know, everyone stayed with us, the partners have trusted us and, and we're up and running. I mean, the true heroes of this story are operations in Manchester who are able to find extra seats <laughs> because we have a lot of staff Well, <laughs> we, we, we managed to find desks, so that was good. And yeah, we had a bit of a reshuffle. Not many companies, especially the size of Clarity, when you look at it, mm. could literally turn everything around that quickly of taking on 17 staff, getting the equipment, finding the space, restructuring, having a proposition that goes out there. There's not a lot of companies that could do that. That's that's because the desire that was there to do it. Everybody wanted to do it. And you, you only had to say something once and it was happening. 
Um, so, you know, that was really That's great. That's favour the CEO, that. For us. <laughs> you just say it once and then. You know, I, I, I like to think they just wanted to do it. But no, seriously, they were, they were just, yeah, totally stuck in, really supporting the guys. Don't forget, a lot of the people in here used to work for Thomas Cook. So, so there's a, a kinship there as well. And, um, and it, it just, it felt, I think to everybody, it felt very natural. It was the, the right thing to be doing. And what it meant was that by the end of that first week, we'd had at least a verbal acknowledgement from every single client that we'd spoken to that they were going to work with us. And they were going to work with us because of the team. Not because, not because it used to be Thomas Cook or anything like that. I, I fervently believe in most cases they work with them for the team and not the brand. And actually this really demonstrated that it felt risky at times, obviously, and I'm sure for the guys coming in, they were apprehensive. But coming together of people and the support everybody's shown each other and the, the desire from the team to make it work has meant that we've turned this around very, very quickly. And were you approached by anybody else, Rob? Were you approached by any other companies about maybe taking on the staff, maybe taking on you? Yeah, 100%. I think... You know, it's no secret Thomas Cook Sport were the, the biggest and best at what we were doing from a sports travel perspective, be that the the B2B team traveling logistics or the B2C function selling sports travel experiences around the globe. We we were the biggest and best at what we were doing. So I think it's only natural that as as, as soon as that life world ended on the Monday morning, you know, myself and, and all the staff to be fair, it's not just about me, we're we're inundated with the requests. We're still getting uh, inundated with requests from from companies who want to recreate what we had at Thomas Cook Sport. From from people trying to take some of our our better staff or any of our staff really. You know, it's not a case of better or worse. And and that's just a natural kind of process, I guess. But also validates what we were doing as a business, what we were delivering, what would become, what we were heading for. You know, I'd be disappointed if if we'd have all been made redundant on the Monday and and none of us had been approached. I think that. Probably reflect poorly on on all of us and, and what we thought we were doing. And of course, you guys would have had team travel. Obviously, the weekend that's just gone. So the fact that you guys were still able to achieve yeah. those those things is incredible. Yeah, and, and that's what we're about. You know, Pat touched on it there. Yes, we work for Thomas Cook, but we were more than Thomas Cook. It was about us as individuals and what we're about. We get up every day wanting to work in sport travel and be the best that we can be in sport travel. And got some of the guys within the team actually went on an inspection trip on the Tuesday, Wednesday, effectively unemployed, but still went out and delivered for that partner club because it, that's what it means to us as, yeah. as individuals. It's our reputation out there in terms of what we do, what we can deliver. So you know, as, as much as it was a, a crazy, crazy, I mean, it's still crazy now, but a crazy 48 hours, the guys still delivered, unclear in some cases about their own futures and what that looked like, but that is what we are as individuals. And, and I guess that speaks volumes of, of us as a team and, and, you know, further testament and reason to why Pat wanted us on board at Clarity. We've actually got one of our guys out there now in South Africa delivering a, a rugby tour for one of the clubs. So so Claire went out last Monday to facilitate that, still out there now. Uh, it was a, you know, a piece of business that we were able to pick up and, and work out for them. And it, that's not Mr. Beat, so... That demonstrates the commitment and the abilities of the team to pick up those plans and just make them happen in such short order is really incredible. Speaking of teams, mm. we've got one of the uh, members of the team here, Andrew Boyle. You've not just been sat there quietly for 18 minutes while we just talk. No, no, I've been, <laughs> I've been listening. You've been listening intently. Uh, absolutely. 
listening to all the compliments you're getting. This is like your appraisal, isn't it? It is. Done amazing work. Well done. <laughs> so you're actually business development manager. That's what you were at Thomas Cook Sport. Yes. And this is what you're going to be now. Correct. Yeah. So is it okay you're going to be leading the proposition from a sales perspective? Is that the... Yeah, I, I think that's the intention, yeah, because um, obviously with the existing clubs, they all know me. I sort of uh, obviously either pulled in the agreements or we were in the process of extending agreements and obviously searching for new ones. I've been involved in sports travel since 1990, so oh. yeah. So don't look it. Many years. Don't oh, look no, it. I feel it. Although this week would have probably aged you about 10 years, so um, don't blame yeah, it's you been, for it's, it's been exciting. It's been a challenge, but it's, 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 it's been a good challenge. So what was it like for you then? So obviously we've heard from the kind of top end because these guys would have been getting all the information the moment they knew about it. So what was it like for you kind of Monday morning coming into probably the Thomas Cook Sport office first? Yeah, well, I was meant to be on the train going to London to see one of the clubs and got the got the call to actually say, don't get on that train. Come Your ticket's cancelled, we can't afford it. Well, no, <laughs> slightly like that. Um, I think as soon as the news broke, it was a case of phoning all the clubs, speaking to them immediately just to say, don't panic, we have a plan. Um, just give us 48 hours um, and we'll be back to you. And I think because we have worked so closely with the clubs, there's a lot of trust there. And that trust was shown because each club said, absolutely, we won't do anything. Um, we just wait to hear from you. So that enabled us, that just brought us that bit of time to finalise plans on the Monday to then be able to go back to communicate to them all on the, on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. I think just, I mean, what Andrew's saying there is, is important for me. Our relationships are not just transactional. We really care about working with the clubs. We're all sports fans. We understand what it means for them to make sure their, their travel and logistics are, are bang on. You know, and, and even when me and the guys are going through probably the worst moment in our professional careers, really, at the forefront of our thinking is we still need to look after the teams here. You know, we could have easily walked away, ripped up our relationship with, with sports travel and, you know, gone to the pub and drowned our sorrows and, and, and done whatever. But without question, the first thought of all the guys was, I need to look after my specific club. And that, it just for me, just speaks volumes about the guys, about us culturally, what we're all about. It was, you know, some of the guys were, were worrying about being able to pay a mortgage the, the next month. You know, we're a week away from payday. No one was getting paid. At the forefront of everyone's thinking is, I need to go and help my club here, which for me just speaks volumes about the guys. Yeah, well, those teams had fixtures to fulfil. Pat's obviously mentioned we've got a team in South Africa currently, but there was two teams playing in Europe away last week that still need to be delivered. So we were able to demonstrate it was seamless for the clubs. It was total continuity. Um, the personnel at the clubs were dealing with the same people. It wasn't a case of suddenly having to ask a load of new questions with regard to, you know, your rooming lists and things. It was just, so it was seamless. So I think that, that delivery to the clubs was also provided the reassurance to them that it is, it's the same business really, yeah. it's just a different trading name. I suppose it validates that relationship that you had that conversation with them on Monday and you said, just give us the time and they went, no, it's cool, take the time, get yourself sorted. Very much I'd so. Say business is business. I mean, we all look at it, it's, it's a hard thing that's happened, but businesses still have to take care of themselves. It wouldn't have been blamed for them to think like, let's just see what else is out there, let's just plan for things and the fact that they actually gave you the time to, to get around that was incredible ah. yeah so just jumping there sport literally is 24 7 right so there's probably not a day go goes by that we're not involved with a club or organization in some kind of sport and you're right that you know there will be people in these these clubs panicking a little bit all of a sudden their their travel agent for want of a better phrase has completely gone out of business we're playing in two days or we're supposed to be on an inspection trip in one day or we're supposed to be 
you know, down in the southern hemisphere within a couple of days. Huge panic. I can imagine huge panic internally, but we've already touched on that goodwill, that respect, that that the relationships are there with all these clubs that meant they were prepared to give us a little bit of time, and I'm talking a little bit of time, 24, 48 hours max, to come up with something. Because you know, they weren't desperate, but they want to work with us. That's the important thing. How's it going to look then going forward with the business? Because I imagine, Andrew, that's your kind of remit, going out there and, and kind of selling this proposition. Does it help that having somebody like Clarity that already has a bit of sports already attached to it? Uh, very much so. Obviously, the, the day-to-day business travel function um, supplements what we're trying to deliver on the team travel side. Given the size of clarity in the, in the UK market, that, that helps. Um, so it's going to enable to knock on doors um, to those clubs. So as soon as this sort of a public announcement is made, that will enable me to now go and start talking to, to clubs. Um, some I'd already been having conversations with, um, so I can pick those up. And it's some new sports. Um, but as, as Rob touched on, it's not just um, football. You know, we're, we're delivering team travel f- across a multitude of different sports. Every sport is getting global. Um, so there's greater demand, not just in men's sports, but women's sports. You know, teams are traveling everywhere. So there's a huge demand for a delivery of a professional bespoke team travel service. And we're at the forefront of that. I suppose this one for you, Pat. So how does this then work in collaboration with our current offerings? Obviously, we do a lot of the exec travel. We don't really touch, well, we didn't touch team before. Yeah. yeah. So how is this going to kind of work? Is it going to be a combined offer? Yeah, it, it, it makes it more seamless, actually. So uh, we've always worked really well where we've done the, the transient business travel. It doesn't have to be execs. It's, it's, it's just anybody within an, a club. Uh, who needs to go on a trip outside of normal team logistics, team movements. Um, and uh, and actually what this means is you can get the holistic view in a single place. Um, we, we're better able to respond to individual needs within a team environment and then also identify opportunities where the team travel managers can actually help us with some of the individual movements related to team uh, logistics and so on so there's there's a big advantage actually in it all being in one place the teams are now sat with each other we deal with them over the phone typically the a desk away that just makes us more effective able to deliver quicker as well and uh, I really just leverage the benefits of all being under a, under a single roof there's a, a big advantage in that so we talked about the team travel there was another big part of Thomas Cook Sport which was the support travel mm-hmm so how is this going to, I mean, is it still something that you guys are going to be doing? You're going to be growing it? What's happening there? At the moment, the focus is on team travel. Absolutely. We are stepping in and assisting some of the some of the clubs uh, with some immediate support to travel requirements. Unfortunately, in, in some cases, customers have, have lost bookings and will be needing to gain refunds either via the Atoll scheme or via their credit card providers uh, for the Thomas Cook Sports bookings they'd made as, as supporters. That's a, a real pity, but hopefully, you know, things do clear up. It's all well documented in, in the news. Now, we don't operate in that sphere at the moment, but we, we are helping the clubs where we can, and we are looking at expanding into that area because it's a very natural fit. If you're moving the team, might as well move the fans. Sometimes the fans move with the team still that occurs in rugby for example so so we you know we see a very natural fit there where where we'd be doing that and we're looking at the technologies needed to make that happen and and we're deep in conversations about that right now so you know it's certainly something that Rob wants to do it's something that I wish to do 
Um, and I think uh, I think actually just really adds value to the whole proposition. I mean, this is going to be high level, but what is the next step then for you guys? What's the next kind of big thing that you're looking at doing? The key really before we get to, to next steps is just is stabilising what we've got at the minute. And I think, you know, we're taking two weeks to do that and we're at that place now. So I think, you know, we can almost just sit back and, and put our heads up a little bit. Make sure we're delivering as expected for, for the current partners. Andrew, clearly, you know, he's already out on the road meeting, talking to a lot of clubs and organisations who are who are desperate to have a conversation with us about us getting in and, and helping with, with team and business travel. So some good opportunities there. Pat's alluded to working through the, the support travel proposition and what that looks like. And I think the next obvious step will be an expectation that, that we look at, at where we can leverage the, the good synergies and, and, and good operations existing in Clarity to move into some supporter, consumer, sport offerings. You know, you know, I think it's a natural step at some point in the in the coming months to have a look at that and, and see whether we've got the, the capabilities to deliver that and, and offer that. And I think that's that's long term where you know this could go. It's it's sports ever changing, right? I think what we won't do is 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 not look at something. But I think it's important we deliver seamlessly what we know we can control now. And then spend a lot of time just looking at the sporting landscape. What's coming up? What big tournaments say would could we get interested in and bring some benefits to to consumers by delivering? And it's an evolving process, and I think it'll be a lot of ongoing discussion over the next six months as to as to where this can go. It's exciting. Sports exciting. It's on TV pretty much every day. Papers every day. People are talking about it in work every day. Sport. It's part of all our lives. So it's it's exciting to be on the inside of that. I guess. And before we kind of get to the end of the show, part on a personal level, this must be a dream come true to you because you are a big sports fan. So to have your own sports division must be amazing for you. No, it's great. It's not mine, unfortunately. It's uh, <laughs> it's the businesses. It is really exciting business to be involved in. But fundamentally, these sports clubs, organisations are businesses as well, and they expect the highest of standards. So actually, you know, great. We we're enthused by it, but we also have to be professional about it and deliver and uh, and you know that's why i'm excited about it i'm, I'm excited by the growth opportunity towards uh, supporter travel and sports tours but equally more clubs more sporting organizations giving rob and the team the resources they need to go and grow it you know if we win a big account to to make sure that we properly resource it so we can deliver it and to look at the, the global opportunity beyond that because there's plenty outside of these shores that we can be doing add to that doesn't just have to be sports this is hardcore logistics moving groups of people to do things and there are plenty of other examples of that where this could really be a strength so stage and screen springs to mind for example huge opportunities in those areas um, specialist hardcore travel management and uh, it's a, a great string to the clarity boat Okay, so we usually do a first best and worst travel scenario. Now, actually, Rob, you've been on the show before, so you've already given yours, and Pat, you just never leave. What we'll do, actually, we'll do a nice one. So we'll do your best Thomas Cook memory. So you've all worked at Thomas Cook, some guys or another. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we'll just do a best memory from that. So we'll start with you, Pat. Okay, going back a while, but uh, when I was in tour operating at, at my travel, which later became a part of Thomas Cook, um, Best memory in terms of what the place was capable of and the people was uh, Hurricane Wilma in the Caribbean. I think it was 2005. And Wilma actually uh, decided to turn over Cancun. So it was over Cancun for 30 hours and it obliterated the place. 
it was you know it was a real mess and holiday this is definitely best memory this is no so right, bear yeah, with me right. holiday makers were, uh, were were you know in peril having real trouble they were in hurricane shelters the airport was closed and the way the organization responded to that need and got people safe and got people home was quite incredible you don't get that if you dynamic package you're on your own package holidays actually you only really understand the true value of them when you need it and uh, and this was a demonstration of people at times actually risking their own safety to look after their customers um, finding innovative ways to get people home so actually in this case there was a staging post created in the Dominican Republic they had to load people through the cargo door of an A330 at an airport way out of town to get people out of Cancun. And then, um, because people had literally left with nothing, they had to feed and clothe them at the other end and, and get everybody right. And the, the sheer professionalism and dedication of the people, actually, was outstanding. So I did my little bit. I was at home doing the commercial piece and making sure that we you know, we had all the data we needed and everybody, uh, you know, was, was, uh, was aware of how we were going to approach things moving forward. But I was absolutely stunned by the capabilities and the and yeah, like I say, just the sheer professionalism of these people. It was amazing. And Rob, yeah, I'm going to be greedy. I go with with two things, and I think uh, it's not so much individual incidents. I guess for me, it's it's the people that I've met along the way. Met some fantastic people, lifelong friends, you know, people who've who've left the business and are still in sport that I'm I'm in contact with on a regular basis, and and friends and I guess you know just me, me seeing groups of people just working for each other as much as working for the, the Thomas Cook brand you know probably sounds a bit cliche really but but people who'd run through brick walls for each other literally just doing anything and everything to help each other get along as a business and be successful as a business I think you know some of the people I've met have been in, in, incredible and thankfully brought uh, a lot of those across here to clarity I guess the other bit is the opportunities to travel right so uh, you know University, I remember Electric University, and I think it was an international business seminar, something like that. And we were talking about most people in the room would probably end up working in businesses around the globe, and you'd be travelling the, gro- uh, the globe. You know, as an 18-year-old sat in a, in a, a university lecture hall in Leeds, thinking you know, he's probably a bit far-fetched, this really. But fast forward however many years, 20 odd years, whatever it is, you know, to have travelled from Johannesburg up to Bergen, you know worked in China and, and the States and, and all over the globe, I was only given that opportunity through Thomas Cook, really. And I've ended up filling up a number of passports, travelling the globe, which I probably wouldn't have done if I'd ended up being a plasterer or plumber or, or something else. So I think, for me, it's the people and the opportunity I've had to, to travel the globe has, has certainly brought me on as an individual and, and, I guess, inspired me a little bit as well. Well, I can't compete with what those two have said, so I'm going to go with a sporting occasion, and that will be Moscow in 2008. Um, yeah. <laughs> That would be happy with that. Uh, Man United versus Chelsea. Um, I told you these were good people, didn't I, Kyle? I was going to say, though, look how far back you had to go to get a time (laughs) when United were decent. All right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Leave it. (laughs) Um, I did the Champions League violin. I've done a few finals for United over the years. But uh, 2008, because um, at Thomas Cook, we were responsible for movement of both lots of supporters. So the logistics of taking both teams there and being involved and actually on the Chelsea flight home. Um, I'll actually landed back at Gatwick, caught the flight up to Manchester, and when the pilot said, welcome to Manchester, the home of the European champions, 
and that was fine for me. A little tear, solitary tear just rolled down your cheek. Yeah, there might have been one or two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for all coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Obviously, uh, Clarity Sports Division is now open, so if you want to get in touch with us. Open uh, to business, get in touch. Yeah, we'll put it all in the description, so everything will be in the description to get all of you if they, uh, if they want to get in touch. Right, thanks very much for coming on the show, guys. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with Travel Lodge, uh, and then after that, we've got Damien Hughes on the show, which is an amazing episode. Uh, so we will see you in two weeks. Thank you.